This is the Irrelevant Information Podcast, a podcast about finding the deeper meaning of seemingly useless information. I'm Rodrigo Nunez, and today's episode is Malcolm Gladwell Thinks Everyone is Nigerian. Do you have things that you think about a lot for no apparent reason? Like, it could be something you saw or read or heard, and it just lodges itself in your mind, and you come back to it over and over again at random times. For example, one of them for me is this quote that was on the cover of an old Nintendo GameCube game. Uh, this game was called Ikaruga. And there was a quote on the cover that said the following. It said, quote, our frothing demand for this game increases, end quote. I think about that quote often because I don't know why you would put that on the cover of your video game. Another thing I think about often is this old Rosie O'Donnell daytime talk show interview. Now, if you don't remember, before Ellen, Rosie was the queen of daytime talk shows where people danced for no reason. Anyway, in this episode, Rosie interviewed Britney Spears, and they talk about her tour bus, and Rosie asks, how's the water pressure in the shower? I think about that question often because what an asinine thing to ask. It's just so weird. I'm sure you have plenty of things like that too. But one of the ones that I've been thinking about a lot lately, especially since basketball started, was the time best-selling author Malcolm Gladwell went on the Bill Simmons podcast to present his grand unified theory of ethnic basketball, where he went on a near 30-minute rant that is one of the strangest things I've ever heard on any podcast anywhere. I think about it all the time because Gladwell essentially said that pretty much everyone is Nigerian. If you don't know who Malcolm Gladwell is, he's a journalist, author, and speaker, and avid distance runner as well. He wrote for The New Yorker for a long time, but shot to mainstream fame in the year 2000 when his book, The Tipping Point, How Little Things Can Make a Big Difference, was released. You know, that's the book that made the 10,000-hour rule a thing. He's had other hits like Blink and Outliers, and he has actually a fantastic podcast called Revisionist History. His work tends to center around social scientists and follows a pattern of taking an abstract scientific concept and putting it through a lens of conventional wisdom to reveal a simple and almost intuitive truth behind it. Or something like that. I'm sure you know what it's like because Malcolm Gladwell's writing became so popular that it gave birth to the Gladwellian school, which is having surface level knowledge of a large range of subjects and being able to piece together some greater meaning from a specific thing from those larger range of subjects, which doesn't necessarily hold up to scrutiny. There's so many books like this. There's so many podcasts like this. I mean, technically, this podcast could be called Gladwellian if you really wanted to, and you wouldn't be wrong. The point is, the man is very influential. He's also less interested in writing now and more so in going on podcasts and talking, which is where we got the gem I want to focus on today. I will present to you now with limited interruption Malcolm Gladwell's grand unified theory of ethnic basketball as told to Bill Simmons. My grand unified theory of ethnic basketball. Yeah, is this going to, am I going to get in trouble for this? You're not, first of all, you're not getting in trouble. Okay. I have, I have road tested this argument on several ringer staffers. Okay. And no one has. Several ringer staffers. Yes. Interesting. Okay. I was going to write this as an article for the ringer, but just like you, I, why write it when I can just like talk it? Why there sweat it out in front of a in front of a computer? Okay, so here's the theory. The theory is that the finest basketball players in the world, 
are Nigerians. And in fact, a Nigerian team, all-star team, all-time all-star team, would be the greatest basketball team of all time. Okay, now. What do you mean Nigerians? Like who? Well, hear me out. Okay, here are the rules. I'll give you the rules. The rules are, we have four teams in this makeshift imaginary league. We have the African-American team. We have the white American team. First of all, I think it's a little unfair that there's a white American team, but anyway, let's go on. We have the Euro team and we have the Nigerian team. All right, okay. those are the rules. They're gonna play a full season. You can pick anyone from any point in basketball history and you get their best season, okay? Uh, full season, by the way, is important. It's not a short series. So chemistry is gonna matter on this thing. You gotta play 82 games. Uh, and you get, you belong according to your, it's really where your parents are born that matters, that, that, that tells you which team you're on. Okay. Okay. So, and I'm gonna play a, a, a number of small games. Trust me, these games are anything but small. <laughs> You'll see. Uh, with my definition of what a Nigerian is. But I think at the end, you're gonna agree that the Nigerians win. And at this point, um, uh, Malcolm so took a break to talk idea. about how he became obsessed with Nigerians and how he appreciates them so much. Basically, it has to do with the fact that his dad's TAs were all either Nigerian or Indian. So at a young age, he thought that all Nigerians were smart because he just had TAs around his house. But anyway, you, you see what he's trying to do. So now he's going to give you his team. So let's get Nigerians, to that. Honestly. All right. Um, so here's the Nigerian team. Hakeem, at his height, right? Fantastic. Uh, Andre Gadawa, Victor Oladipo. Okay, those are our obvious Nigerian candidates. Now, Giannis, let's not forget. Giannis, born in Greece, but under my rule, parents matter. His parents are... Nigerian. Okay, here's the first little game that he plays, but I get it. I, I give you Giannis. His parents were Nigerian. Okay. So now we have Giannis Hakim as Oladipo. Well Oladipo and Iguodala. Iguodala in the backcourt. Um, <clears throat> okay, first wrinkle. I had my, I have to make it, I had my 23andMe done the other day, and uh, I am 23% Igbo, Igbo being the dominant tribe in Nigeria. Why? Because that's where. Black people in, in the West Indies came from Nigeria or West Africa prominently. So I think you can legitimately claim that anyone from Caribbean from the Caribbean belongs on the Nigerian team. Um 23%? 23% means all of the Caribbean is Nigerian? <laughs> That's insane. Like for example, 18.3% of the United States is Hispanic. Does that mean all of the United States is ethnically Mexican? <laughs> this is, I'm telling you, this is when it got, it starts getting really crazy. Anyway, let's go on. So you're just claiming it's like a territorial draft yes. like they used to have in yes, exactly. basketball in the late 50s. Exactly. So what is grabbing mean? everybody. I'm grabbing, so I can grab, that means I get Tim Duncan from the Virgin Islands. Okay. Right? I get Patrick, Patrick Ewing. Oh yeah, because he was, what was he, Caribbean? No, yeah. Jamaican. Um, Jamaican. Jamaican. Yeah, yeah. Born in Jamaica. Yeah. He's the real deal. And of course, I get, and you say, so wait a So think about my team now. I've got my front court is Giannis, Hakeem, and Duncan. Patrick, and Duncan. Now, Patrick's coming off the bench on that team. He's coming off the bench. And my backcourt right now is Old Depot and Iguodala. Iguodala. Now, you, you say, I don't have, have shooters. Size. I don't have shooters, right? Yeah. So I need a shooter. Where do I? Let's just think. Oh, wait a minute. One of the greatest three point shooters of all time. Father is Bahamian. Oh, Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson. 
I got Clay. Okay. So again, Clay's dad is not Jamaican. Um, he's just Caribbean. He, he's Bahamian. He, he's not Jamaican, like where he got that 23% from, but okay. So now this team is starting. I still don't understand how you went from Nigerian <laughs> to you're just grabbing all these other countries that end in IAN. It's legit. <laughs> it's not legit, Malcolm. It's just not legit. So as now long you, as you say, say so. So now we say, okay, so this is this is becoming a very good team. It's a pretty good team. It's a pretty good team. I like your size. But I'm not done. I'm not done. So now I think the last move I want to make is I think it's fair, because Nigeria is just one little country, for them to also lay claim on neighboring African states. I think that's fair. So who can I add for by neighboring African states? Well, who who grew up next door to Nigeria? Joel Embiid. Mm. Okay, Joel Embiid is from Ghana, which is actually three countries away. There's two countries in between Nigeria and Ghana, so it's not a neighboring country. It, it's it's close-ish, especially when you hear the later one. But it's it's not it's not a neighboring country, right? But now, so what am I missing? I got it. So now I got. You have no point guard. I need a point guard, right? So where am I going to find a point guard? I don't know. Just keep adding countries to get <laughs> a point guard. Wait, Bill, Bill, this is a good question for you. This is a creaky question. Where am I going to find a point guard from sub-equatorial Africa close to Nigeria? Okay, so first of all, Nigeria is above the equator. It's not sub-equatorial Africa, but, but let's go on. One of the greatest point guards in the game. Who's that? You don't know? No. Steve Nash. Born in Johannesburg. Oh, wow. <laughs> what? What? That... Johannesburg is 4,189 miles away from Nigeria or a 93-hour drive. <laughs> They're nowhere near each other. New York City to LA is 2,790 miles away. Johannesburg is almost twice the distance as, as, as NYC to LA. That's insane. And also, what happened to where your parents are from? Because Steve Nash's parents are Welsh and English. Nothing to do with Nigeria, 4,189 miles away. You're you're crazy for this one, Malcolm. Come on. This this is the epitome of, of ridiculousness. So I got listen to this, listen to this team. And tell me, I defy you to come up with a, a better team than this. I have a starting backcourt of Clay and Nash, both in their primes. Yeah. And I have across the front, I got Duncan, Giannis, Hakeem. And Patrick and Embiid coming off the bench. And I haven't even mentioned DeAndre Ayton. I could do him. And Iguodala. I got Iguodala coming off the bench for D well, and Oladipo. Well, you might as well get Serge Ibaka as the 12th man in the Congo. Can you go to the Congo? Do we, do we even need Ibaka? Why is this team just, why don't you just <laughs> call it African? Why is it Nigerian? Well, because the heart, it, its heart is Nigeria. Oh, boy. So that was it. I mean, can you see why this thing pops in my head every now and then? It's just bonkers, right? Just way out there. And actually, I just cut it short here, but it keeps going. And they start going to the European team and the African-American team. And, and Bill Simmons at one point calls Ginobili European. He thinks Argentina is in Europe for some reason. Uh, okay. At the end, he issues a challenge to get a team that is better than that, right? Following his rules. So, all right, I'm going to do that. So here are the rules. They either have to be from the country you're picking, or their parents have to be from that country, or there has to be some link to a migration from that country, or they can be from a country that's two countries over, Joel Embiid, 
or they can be from 4,000 miles away. Okay, so those are the rules. And now what I will now do is I will create a basketball team to rival Gladwell's insane Nigerian basketball team. I will call it Nunez's Insane Mexican National Basketball Team. So here we go. This team is the Mexican national basketball team in the vein of Gladwell's Nigerian national basketball team. So first of all, the captain and leader of Team Mexico is none other than El Gigante de Mioki himself, Eduardo Najera, arguably the greatest Mexican-born basketball player of all time. Six foot eight, 240 pounds. He played a forward. He was a great shooter, defensively solid, undeniably Mexican. I mean, he's born in the same town as my dad, for crying out loud. So he's pick one, Lalo Najera. Next, we're obviously going to go with a Mexican-American because that means their parents were born in Mexico, right? So that fits into the rules. So then with that, we're obviously going to add Phoenix Suns shooting guard and heir apparent to Kobe Bryant, Devin Booker. That's right. Devin Booker's mom, Veronica Gutierrez, is Mexican. So, Devin Booker, welcome to the Mexican national team. Again, I'm just following the rules that Gladwell said, right? Next, I'm going to throw a wrinkle akin to Gladwell's Caribbean wrinkle, and that is to say 31% of the population in California is Hispanic, and of that, 85% of it is Mexican. Therefore, it's only fair to claim people born in California as members of the Mexican national team, right? I mean, if people of the Caribbean are Nigerian, that means people in California are Mexican. So, we have Najera at forward, Devin Booker at guard so far. So from California, these are the California Mexicans. We are going to bring in um, Kawhi Leonard, born in Riverside, California, as a forward. Now we need some size. So let's bring in Brooke Lopez, born in North Hollywood, Los Angeles, California. Now he even has a Mexican sounding name, right? So that's a plus. Um, we might need a more defensive big, especially to counter uh, Gladwell's big player. So let's bring in Mavs legend Tyson Chandler, also born in California. So he's a Mexican. Um, we need a little more shooting, right? Well, let's see. Ah, Ray Allen was born in Merced, California. So he's in the team. And even though Clay Thompson was also born in L.A., since Malcolm already got him, I'm going to bring in James Harden. All right. Born in California. I need another wing player, so why not? Let's bring in Palmdale, California native, Paul George. So there we go. All of these guys from California, which is 31% Hispanic, which means they're Mexican, right? So at this point, the Mexican national team is Eduardo Najera, Devin Booker, Kawhi Leonard, <laughs> Tyson Chandler, Brooke Lopez, Ray Allen, Paul George, and James Harden. Uh, not a bad team, but I got four frontcourt players, four backcourt players. Gladwell had nine players in his team, Nigeria. So now I find myself in the same position as he did before his last pick. I don't really have a point guard. I mean, sure, Devin Booker and James Harden could play as point guards, but I mean, I want a Steve Nash-like point guard. Someone who is not only incredibly gifted as a ball handler and playmaker, but also 
someone who is not at all close to Mexican descent, but whose place of birth is within 4,189 miles to Mexico City. So who could that be? Thankfully, as opposed to Mr. Gladwell's 93-hour drive, I only have to take a 37-hour drive from Mexico City to find myself in the birthplace of the greatest point guard of the modern era. You know who I'm talking about. I'm LeBron James from Akron, Ohio, from the inner city. I'm not even supposed to be here. I'm sorry, LeBron, but yes, you are Team Mexico's starting point guard. You are supposed to be here because Malcolm Gladwell made the rules, not me. So, yes, welcome to Team Mexico. So, there's my team. Now, let's compare it to Gladwell's insane Team Nigeria starters, right? He has Steve Nash, Clay Thompson, Tim Duncan, Hakim Olajuwon, and Giannis. Now, here's Nunez's insane Team Mexico starters. LeBron James, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. And if I want to play big to match Hakeem, I'll throw Tyson Chandler in there. If not, I'll go Lopez and Splash Mountain can have a day. But look, I don't have to because I have LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George. So I'm going to put Lalo Nakera in there at the five. I really don't care. Then Ray Allen and Devin Booker coming off the bench. Come on. I got scoring four days. Those big dudes have no shot. And I think that team beats Team Nigeria any day. And I mean... Just imagining LeBron James standing next to Lalo Nakera singing a limno, man, that brings a tear to my eye. So obviously, my team Mexico was an insane exercise, and it's a tongue-in-cheek poking fun of Malcolm Gladwell's truly bewildering rant. But this whole podcast episode exists because the most bewildering thing about the rant is that Gladwell stands by it. At least in public, he does. Since it went live in November 2018, I don't think he's mentioned it once. People online still talk about how ridiculous it was, especially, but Gladwell doesn't seem to care. He's still writing books and making podcasts. He hasn't gone into hiding. And his podcasts are very good, in fact. I think that's the lesson here that not every idea will be good. I mean, not every idea you have will be sane or even partially sane. This Team Nigeria one certainly wasn't, but it was a glimpse into how Gladwell's process works. Have an idea, tell you what it is, show it to you with some weird twist, then tell you why you missed the obvious points beforehand. Except in this case, it didn't work. Spectacularly. But the guy just keeps going. And I think that's what being creative is all about. Even when you lay an egg claiming about half the world is of Nigerian descent and you publish that thought to the world, that shouldn't stop you. Above all, the Gladwell rant shows us that maybe people who are storytellers should be okay with being ridiculous now and then, with taking a shot and missing. Because no matter what, nothing will be as wild as this take Gladwell went on about. But he didn't seem embarrassed by it. So neither should you with your crazy idea. And I mean, maybe saying Steve Nash is Nigerian isn't that far of a stretch <laughs> compared to saying that doing something for 10,000 hours will make you an expert at it, right?
That's it for this week's episode of the Irrelevant Information Podcast. I hope Bill Simmons and Malcolm Gladwell and Spotify don't get mad at me for using so much audio from the BS podcast, but it was all in good fun. Um, if you like this episode, share it with a friend. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser.com. There are links in the show notes. Uh, listen to other shows on the network, especially 128 Bits if you like video games. That's it for this time. Talk to you guys again soon. And as always, OR4 did nothing wrong. This is the Irrelevant Podcast Network. Thanks for listening.